are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Wednesday, and we're, we're, we're going to go throwback. We're going to go OG Winky Wednesday style since the 49ers have a bye next week. There's no game to look forward to, and we're still fresh off of the burn of the 49ers loss on Monday Night Football, 27-23, to the New York Giants. So, uh... Nick Winkler, my guest today, before we bring Nick on, I do want to remind everybody to subscribe, rate, review the podcast, iTunes. Thank you to everybody who continues to rate. We've got a a whole bunch of five-star reviews there on iTunes, which is really cool. You can also find the podcast at LockedOn49ers.com. You can find the podcast at Google Podcasts on Spotify. Just about everywhere you find podcasts, you can find LockedOn49ers. And if you want to get involved with a mailbag segment, there's going to be one today you can always hit me up on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can email the show LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. And with that, let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Nick, how are you, buddy? Man, Winky Wednesday all feels right in the universe. Yeah, it's right. It rhymes and it rolls off the tongue. I still have trouble saying the weekly wink. Or uh, I like I listening Tuesday. to you try, though. Yeah. I it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm bad at speaking. I don't know why I do this. <laughs> you picked the right profession then, buddy. Exactly. Um, so let's see here. 27-23. Yeah, the 49ers brutal. on the, the wrong end of a comeback at Levi's Stadium, New York Giants. There's always been a lot of good matchups, not so much at Levi's, but for 49ers home games against the New York Giants, uh, it was a pretty good game. It was a pretty entertaining game. Is that enough at this stage of the 49ers season? Yeah, I think it is, right? I mean, we, you know, a couple of weeks ago we said, you know, stay the course, guys. Like, you're not going to get this ship turned around right now. Like, you know, let's let's just work on uh, developing the young guys and this and that. And I think we saw a lot of that. I mean, I, I know that early on Fred Warner looked like the next great thing in this game. Like, he was just everywhere. It was so much fun to see. And Kittle looks like, you know, he may be the best tight end in the league in a couple of years. And Breida looked fantastic. Only saw him limp off the field once, and then he was right <laughs> back out there. And and to be honest, the, the best player on the field that last night on either team was Richard Sherman. And that, right. that was a lot of fun to see, too. You know, so many question marks coming into the season. And, you know, you wanted to win that game last night, but at the same time, it's like, eh, whatever. You know, this 49er team hasn't figured out how to win yet in, in the two years since the, the new regime took over. And, you know, they're, they're still trying. They're still trying to figure it out. They didn't know how to win the two years before the new regime either. So <laughs> that's not... <laughs> a good point. That's, it's been a while. You since know, we've had a, a good winning team. I'm glad you brought up Sherman because I didn't really talk about him on last night's show. He deserves uh, a mention for his run, his run support, <gasps> even as Man. much as his coverage. Right? Yeah, he looked great in all facets of the game, even on the sideline. Like he's talking to Keller Witherspoon. He's like, "Dude, chill out. <laughs> Let's talk here." Let, let, you know. And then after the game, talking about not showing up his teammates and stuff like that. Like he's. He is the perfect addition to any football team, it seemed like. Now, it's just kind of one of those things where you're stoked to have him on your squad. So you brought up Akella Witherspoon, and I think that was one of the things that fans were disappointed with was not only giving up the big touchdown to Odell Beckham, but some of the body language stuff. I'm sure that's what Sherman was talking with him about. And then Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, in in, uh, Tuesday's press conference and after the game, 
I think he's getting a little bit more annoyed and a little bit more comfortable at this point in the season um, losing a game at home like that, a, a game that they should have won, I think everyone agrees. Right. And uh, the gloves are coming off a little bit with, with Shanny. And I think I think that's great. I think it's important. I think he needs to take a real look at the team in the offseason and not be all roses and be like, oh, well, you know, we're we're building this thing and let's bring some nice, good football players in. They kind of need to get angry and get urgent with the way they do things and whether that's making changes on the coaching staff, you know, maybe all the way down. Like every every player is already playing for their jobs in the NFL. So coaching staff, I'm not saying that anybody should be fired, but at least it can't be a thing where he's like, oh, no, we're not going to, you know, you got to look at everybody, make sure you can't upgrade somewhere, right? Yeah, and, you know, if you look around just at the history of the NFL and the great coaches, like they're not nice guys. You know, like Kyle Shanahan's been a nice guy. And I think it's time, like you said, take the gloves off and, and just really call people out because that sometimes it needs to happen. But, you know, we saw Keller Willisman. He didn't look great out there. The, he didn't pass the eye test, right? But then you look at the stats and they came out today and it was like only one completion against him or something ridiculous like that. You know, that was blown coverage, the long touchdown. He was supposed to have some help over the top. But it, it just, like on paper, it looked like he played a great game. But when you watch the game, you're like, oh, there's that penalty on him. You know, oh, he got beat again. He got beat, oh. But in, it doesn't look like it was really his fault. But I did like that Shanahan was basically like, dude, man up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are his exact words, man up. And yeah. I love that. Got and to I, man up. I think that's important. And um, he had, so basically he said, here, I'm going to quote him from Tuesday's press oh, conference please, here. Yeah. He says, uh, who's going to help us get in, who's going to help us into next year? Who's going to help finish us this year? There's a lot of things that are very important to us. We want to know. As I always say, who are we dealing with? And to paraphrase some of the other things he said here, I don't want to read his whole press conference. I don't have the audio for the show, but basically he's like, "Who? let's find out who's actually, who's there that can help us win in the next six games. Like basically he was calling people out. It's like, take this bye week off, come back, show us who you are the rest of the way down the stretch. And so I think it was a pretty firm way of him saying that like you're everyone's playing for their jobs and this year you're not given anything from here on out. So let's see it. And we saw him give Dante Pettis an earful on the sideline, um, mouthing things like uh, get your ass off the line basically. And uh, (laughs) I'm trying to get you the ball. So make a play type of thing. And I think sort of like with, with what's going on with Akella Witherspoon, I've seen a little bit of that with, with uh, Dante Pettis in that maybe thinking a little too much, not playing loose, not just going and playing and making plays. And it results in sort of, you're seeing these guys like, wait, what are you doing? Like go make a play. And, and obviously there's a lot of veterans on this team, Richard Sherman being one and they're decisive out there. And that's how you make plays in the league, even if you screw up. And so making a bad play, screwing up and then looking around and, and, and like shrugging your shoulders and pointing at other guys, that's that's uh, it's a it's a problem I think right now for the 49ers. Yeah, it's like they, when you know, like four people have their hands up, and you know the bad person's like, "Hey, which one of you just said that?" And then the guy's like tilting his head to the side, like it was him. <laughs> that was kind of what Witherspoon was doing last night. Like it wasn't me. What's going on? You yeah. know, it's come on, dude. You know, save that. Like he, I think Shyhan said something too. Like we'll see it in film. You know, like you don't need to do that for the cameras like you know we we all know what happened right and you know yeah so just move on i'm I, with him 100 percent. you know I this is a was, team you, you you win together you lose together absolutely and i thought it was interesting that the giants went right back to that play like they're oh yeah, well, the next play like it didn't work and so they're like you know what that worked so poorly that we're gonna try it again and then he was just wide open 
And yeah. so they must have seen something or they're like, look, I, he's like, I got him. I, I didn't put a good enough move on him. I can get, you know, I can get more separation here. And I understand if maybe he was playing uh, a technique where he's supposed to be trailing and he's playing underneath and he thinks he has help over the top. But do you want to play 12 yards underneath a receiver in that case? You know, there's nobody else he's going to be covering. So um, it would be better to be closer. So it's not like he's like, uh, like, why have a cornerback on the field if your job is to not cover at all? Right. Like that. Right. I don't think that was the call. So maybe maybe it was the safety's fault for not getting over in time. But I'm pretty sure the call for Witherspoon wasn't to, oh, why don't you stay at least 12 yards from every receiver on the field? Right. I mean, if you did watch the replay, he did. You know, he wasn't going full speed. You could see that he was. He was definitely waiting for some sort of comeback, right? Yeah, he you know, was and, like, yeah, because mm. he thought he had deep coverage. But you know, that being said, you know, it's like you said, man, it's you gotta you gotta just do your job, and you know, even if you're doing it poorly, like you still gotta keep going out there. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you see what Dante Whitner said? No. Oh, about yeah. about the dance thing. Yeah. Yeah. I th- how do you, how do you feel about all that? Oh, it's it's a stupid take. It's very old school. It's horrible. It's a very old school football take. Uh, Dante's actually had some bad takes talking about things he was talking about earlier in the season that Solomon Thomas should be playing outside linebacker or something crazy and it's like dude what are you talking about like it's exact exact opposite and then Whitner tried to say it was like oh well because of the dance off is why Marquise Goodwin didn't make the catch late in the fourth quarter it's like what are you talking about yeah he was trying to to make it seem like it was some overall like mindset thing but and I get like you you know before the game have your game face on at the end of the game you can talk to the guys shake hands trade jerseys whatever that's a you know it's an old school idea and I would I, that's not a big problem but the other thing that I think maybe just to give Dante uh, you know a little bit more credit is that maybe he didn't see the other angle of that video in the beginning of the video because the first thing I saw was just those guys before the game dancing in the end zone and it was like right. oh, that's it, it did seem strange I was like okay that's weird and then but what happened before that that they that a different camera angle caught was that Odell Beckham was over there hanging out, hugging Marquise Goodwin's family, his disabled sister, exactly. having and and they were doing a little dance. So it was like there was way more to it than just two dudes on opposite teams dancing before the game. There's there was another factor. Maybe Dante didn't see that part, and it, yeah, it kind of brings that all together. You'd hope he didn't see that because <laughs> if you see that and you still have that take, like you got no business giving oh, your takes. It's a trash take. And another bad take during the game was Scott McLuhan. Did you see this one? Yes, I did. Yeah, he made it. And first of all, Scott McLuhan is just bitter. a great. Yeah, well, he, he might be bitter. Yeah, well, it's weird because <laughs> he might be one of the best personnel guys in the league and he doesn't have a job right now. Right. So that's he's cr- sitting you know, home. Maybe it's things like this. Sitting home, having a few pops. And, you know, it's like he's like, God, I'm better than all these guys. How am I not in the league? Um, which I would fully understand <laughs> from his vantage point. And look, right. his draft class that he helped consult with for the Browns. Uh, dudes, he was definitely instrumental in bringing in in Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and looking like pretty good draft picks right now. So, you know, he's got a point there, but he does not have a point with what his tweet was during the game, which was when they showed Jimmy Garoppolo in the suite mid game. Yeah. He's like, why is Jimmy Garoppolo in the suite? Not down there with his teammates. And pretty yeah. much everybody in the world just instantly they, crushed him. <laughs> he got his answer. Yeah, because right? he's, like, he's on crutches, you idiot. You don't want him getting hurt on the sideline. He's your $137 million guy. Right. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty. That was a bad take as well. So some bad takes out there in the world. Yeah, I think you're right. No bad takes from Nick Winkler during the game. No, none at all, dude. I was on it, hundred <laughs> percent. Me and my daughter. She was, you know, she had better takes than some of these guys. All right, let's take a quick break. I want some final thoughts on the game, and we'll dip into the mailbag. Good. Okay, here we are back on a Winky Wednesday with Mister Nick Winkler. It's uh, it's nice to be back on a Wednesday, isn't it? 
It just makes sense. Yeah, it, it feels good. Everything is right in the world right now. Not really going on right with the 49ers, 2-8 and eight on the year. Do you have any other last thoughts, any last overriding ideas about the 49ers going into the bye week here before we dip into the mailbag? Nah, I feel like everything's been said. You know, it's it's time to to really see what you got. Uh, you know, who they said it. You know, who who are we gonna bring with us next year? Because they've already done a huge turnover over the last two years, and there's gonna be more. You know, there's gonna be a lot of guys that aren't gonna make the cut next year as well. And hopefully, they go out and they spend their money, and and they can bring in some more high quality guys like Richard Sherman. You know, that's a perfect example. I, you know, he's older and this and that, but what has he done negative for this team? Nothing. Everything he's done has been positive, and he's hopefully he's helping these young guys. There was a good point in the last mailbag I did that someone's like, hey, everyone's talking about Richard Sherman and how great he is and coach on the field. How come none of the other defensive backs are getting better? And I was thinking, oh, that's a great point. I don't really have a counter to that one. But then again, <laughs> if you look at the stats from Weatherspoon last night on paper, he looked great. Yeah, I guess. Um, they kept trying him because they knew that there was something going on over there, too, because they still weren't throwing a Sherman side. So, uh, Right. Well, yeah. no, why would you throw a Sherman side? <laughs> right. Why would You don't have to. Why would you? <laughs> Uh, one more quick note from Kyle Shanahan. I, I wanted to mention this earlier. I totally forgot. But the uh, the other quote from his presser was talking about Eric Armstead and Solomon Thomas. And they were a couple of first-round draft picks not on the field on the final drive. Mm-hmm. And Shanahan said, quote, I would have liked to see them more in that last drive. They didn't get in there enough. So that's in publicly second-guessing your defensive coordinator or at least your defensive line coach, whoever's in charge of those rotations and who's in there in crunch time. And so, like I said, taking off the gloves a little bit. And so I, I kind of like that from Kyle Shanahan, uh, very honest and mm-hmm. um, being honest about his guys. Right. And, you know, b- before we get off this Witherspoon thing, Matt Mayoko of uh, NBC sports, man, he, he's right here. He was targeted. Witherspoon was targeted five times, surrendering only one catch for 11 yards. Odell Beckham, 0 for three on passes thrown his way. You know, like again, that the touchdown, the touchdown was not his. He, he should have had deep coverage. Uh, oof, I don't know. I that's that's his dude. Like, what are you doing running down the field after him if he's not? He was he was covering the under. He, he, should, he right. thought he had overhelp. But that he's still that's still his coverage. That's no. That's I'm not buying that one. You can't stay in front of a guy if you have under coverage. Like, you you got to get behind him. You can stay on his hip, but underneath. It, ah. Just like the the exact play before, they ran the play twice in a row. They really did, and the the uh, safety didn't play it right either time. Well, his safety got over there in time to help break it up on the last one. On the first one. Or on the first one, yeah. Yeah. Right. Sort of. But like He, he, got, he still well, had a chance to catch that Odell ball. Odell almost had that amazing catch, and he tried to yeah. grasp it the second time, and then the safety was there to help out. But it, it made right, it difficult. Right. If, if the safety would have been there to at least hit him after he caught it, you know, try to knock it out or break it up. Anything, yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, and so then you're – but, like, that last that last Shanahan quote was maybe pointing at the defensive staff. And so – Sure. Um, and if it's not Witherspoon, then is it just purely on the safety, not knowing what to do? And if the safety doesn't know what to do in Week 10, who does that point to? The defensive <laughs> yeah. coaching staff, right? So It's it, it's going to be – I'd be really surprised if Robert Saul is back next year. Uh, oh, you'd be surprised? I would. Okay. Oh, see, now we're getting somewhere. So you would put it – if. If if uh, if the I mean right there the quote he said he he why aren't his guys out there you know like he's clearly calling on the the defensive coordinator like, well, what's up that's interesting okay let's let's get to the mailbag because okay, there is definitely right. some stuff in here about that so let's start there um, let's see who had that question let's go down to Ray Ray he said if the Jets fire Todd Bowles do you think he would be a good fit as defensive coordinator for us or even an option. 
Uh, I'll start with Todd Bowles, but I'm going to throw some other names out for you. So Todd Bowles, like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Maybe is the question. Um, I think, and I thought this originally when they hired Robert Sala, not that I didn't like Robert Sala or the schemer, anything like that. I thought that you have first-time GM, first-time head coach. You need a long-time defensive coordinator, someone who could be the head coach of the defense to bring in. And they went young there as well. So basically, everybody on the coaching staff and just about everybody on the front office, they're all in their new positions for the very first time. And I thought, yeah, that that isn't the ideal way, I think, to draw it up. And I thought, maybe it was like, is it Kyle Shanahan saying, look, I'm a young head coach. I don't want some old dude who's set in his ways trying to tell me what to do because I'm the head coach. I'm in charge, so I'm going to have make sure I have people who are who know they're under me. And I don't know if that's the case, but that's kind of, you know, I was like, well, why didn't you go for a veteran defense quarterback? Right. Um, so someone like Todd Bowles, yeah, he runs um, a four-three defense. That I would say, yeah, you could, because uh, you don't you don't want to go screwing around with personnel. And so, I think you would interview Todd Bowles. I think he would be considered if you did fire Robert Sala, which would have to be the the first. And I'm not as as strong as you on that. I, I would be surprised actually if he was fired, rather than being surprised if he stays. But it would depend on who's available. So let me put this mm-hmm. to you this way, uh, okay. Nick. Let's say the coaching staff in Dallas gets fired, and there's someone very interesting over there coaching their defensive backs, Chris Richard, who was the defensive backs coach and instrumental in the Legion of Boom stuff in Seattle. And he was actually ahead of Robert Sala in the pecking order for a long time, or for the whole time in Seattle while they were together. And then he got uh, promoted to defensive coordinator, but then got let go, and then ended up being the defensive backs coach in Dallas. And that defensive backfield all of a sudden is playing pretty awesome for the Cowboys. Right. So that would be an interesting name that I think if he was available, maybe you want to keep the same steam or the, the the same scheme, keep the same personnel, but you think you might have a better coach. Then that would, that's that, that's a name that would interest me for sure. Um, and you could, you could hire a defensive or a defensive backs coach to be defensive coordinator. You wouldn't even have to ask them permission. They wouldn't have to get fired. But what if they got fired? You could bring him in as a defensive backs coach too. So that's an interesting name, Chris Richard. Hold on. And the second name that could be interesting, what if the Atlanta Falcons go in the tank? Right now they're only four and five on the year. What if that coaching staff gets fired? Dan Quinn, you reunite Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator with Kyle Shanahan. They they were you know opposites, coordinator and head coach going to the Super Bowl together with Atlanta. So Quinn or Richard, or who knows, maybe even both together, defensive coordinator, defensive backs coach, if say both of those staffs get fired. Are those some names that you would say, let's go, let's roll with those, fire Robert Sala? I mean, it, it'd be really tough to stick with Robert Sala at this point, just based on results, you know? And it, I know it's not totally his fault. A lot of young guys, you know, bringing in a whole new scheme, you know, trying to trying to fit the right guys in the right pieces and or in the right places. And I love the, the Quinn thing. I mean, that, that would be ideal, right? I mean, those guys went to the Super Bowl together. Yeah, they had a... A little bit more talent uh, on think on both sides of the ball than this current 49er football team does. But uh, that being said, uh, at this point, uh, anybody that has some experience that can run the scheme that these guys know and trust, I, I would be totally okay with. And I wouldn't be against keeping Robert Sala either. I would just be surprised if he was still around next year. That's interesting. I, I like that you're taking a bold stance on that one because they've yeah. been so wishy washy about it. You got to do something, right? I think right now, and just seeing how the defense doesn't seem to be getting better. And there's a lot of resources that have been put onto the defensive side of the ball. Draft picks, money, things like that. A lot of first-round picks. Seeing players still not knowing what's going on. I think that's the worst part of it. Players looking around, not knowing what they're right. doing. That is a really bad look this deep into the season. 
for players. I didn't, oh, hold on. I didn't listen to your podcast yesterday. Did you mention Malcolm Smith at all? I did. Because every time I looked up and saw Malcolm Smith, he looked lost. He made a couple plays early. Well, see, here's another guy. He was. I think this is the better position for him to be playing. I don't think he's as much of a strong side backer, but he mm-hmm. did switch positions because Ruben Foster's out. So maybe that adds to that confusion too, guys sure. flipping spots. But one play that really hurt for Malcolm Smith, early in the game he made some nice plays, but later in the game, which is kind of what happened with the entire defense, they played much better early than they did late. But that play to Saquon Barkley on the last drive, I didn't like the call so much, um, but him not replacing the middle linebacker and covering Barkley over the middle kind of bit on the outs, the first outside move from Barkley. Just, yeah, um, that's one feel of like sp- a lot of times, too, on runs, he was just kind of standing around, and I, I don't know. I just Maybe I'm just picking on him. You jerk. I need, I need somebody to pick on, man. <laughs> after that performance, and I and I'm defending Witherspoon, so I got to pick somebody else. Yeah, no, I hear you. But uh, overall, just to wrap up this point and then to keep going on the mailbag here, the lack of continuity on defense, the lack of communication, all the miscommunications, the lack of development is concerning. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to go as far as you to say I'd be surprised if Saul is back, but. I think at this point you have to take a look at it because you got to answer some of those questions and this can't happen in 2019. No, it can't, you know, you just can't have another season like this. It's been too many in a row for this 49er franchise and you know, York's not going to put up with it. That's for sure. They got one sack last night. I will say it's a lot easier to cover when you don't have to cover as long when your team up front is pressuring the quarterback. Yeah, you go from you know going up against a bad Raider team and looking amazing on the pass rush to going up against a bad Giants team and getting next to no pressure the whole game. <laughs> That's true. What happened? It's, it's what like happened? The, it's like the Giants have a great offensive no! line. Eli's been on his back all year. Right. I, every game I've watched from him, it's him throwing off his back foot because there's pressure in his face. <laughs> That's exactly right. Not last right. night. That is exactly right. All right, Man. more mailbag after this. Let's go to our guy Tyrone on the mailbag. This is via email. He said, what's up, BP? What's up, Nick? First off, just want to say, Winky Wednesday sounds better than Tinky Tuesday. Just saying. (laughs) My question is, would you give up a fourth or third round pick for Shaq Lawson from the Bills? He can play that defensive end position that our Niners need, and I think he would be a great addition. Your thoughts? Yeah. Fifth, sure. I think if they would be anybody around the league that's willing to trade a good pass rusher to the 49ers, I'd be into it. Uh, My answer to that question would be if you called the Bills and you said, hey, we'll give you a fourth rounder for Shaq Lawson, they would just not even answer and hang. They would just laugh at you, I think. Because defensive ends, pass rushers are gold and they're just not available. And we'll see, we'll see Clowney, we'll see D Ford, we'll see. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, all these guys are either going to get re-signed by their teams or get franchise tags and and not see the market. And so that's the way it is. So I think you have to draft your edge rushers because that's where we're at in the NFL right now. Yeah, edge rushers and quarterbacks. That's kind of, <laughs> you got to yeah. draft and develop. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thanks for the email, Tyrone. I agree about the Winky Wednesday. It just feels right. You can just start calling it Winky Wednesday on Tuesday. Could. People could, <laughs> totally just, wait and, people could just wait until Wednesday to listen. Recorded on Monday night. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my boss and see if we can get this uh, this crossover thing moved to Thursday. How about that? I would love that. <laughs> I think um, Tyrone would as well. I don't know if I have that kind of pull. Let's see if I can make all <laughs> sixty or seventy podcasts on the network change for my schedule. Here's how you find out. <laughs> you know what, Le'Veon Bell? I'm gonna do a Le'Veon Bell holdout for next season. Nope. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> 
I love it. Uh, so this is a this is a thought I had. This isn't a mailbag question. Just a quick answer I want from you because people, you know, the the Le'Veon Bell thing's crazy, and it's not something I want to talk about. It's talked about everywhere. But right. how, like, if you had, let's say you've already made a lot of money in your career at the job you do. Let's say mm-hmm. you had ten million dollars in your bank account right now. Sure. How much would your how much would your raise have to be to come into work tomorrow? Interesting. Huh. Like, I mean, what have, are my bills like? <laughs> I mean, no, I think your, it comes your down mortgage, to that. you have future mortgage payments, but everything's paid up. Your car payments paid up. Uh, you got ten million dollars in the bank that would cover all of that mm-hmm. and more. Right. Uh, you enjoy your job, but it takes a toll on you. How much would you have to be paid to show up to work tomorrow if you had that much money what, in your bank? What account? was my salary the year before? Uh, it was enough that where you have ten million dollars right now in your bank account. You were well I, paid. I mean, me, I, I, you know, if I have a contract, I'm, I'm showing up because I believe in contracts. I believe that's why you sign a contract is, and then you got to fulfill that contract. I know that in the NFL, it's completely different because management can cut you at any time and they, they don't have to pay that contract, which to me doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because if you sign a contract, you, just, you know, you got to pay that contract. That's right. Baseball, basketball, those make sense to me. Right. The I NFL know, contracts, man, that, that just blows my mind. But for me, I, you know, I, I'm trying to take care of my kids. And, and if I could, my kids' kids, you know, where, where my kids could go to whatever school they want, you know, where they could they could do this, they could do that. I don't want, you know, I want them to be able to work for their money as well. But, you know, I'd like to have something set up. So for me, I, it wouldn't take a whole lot for me to go back to work because, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a good work ethic. And I believe <laughs> that, that I want to show my kids that as well. You know, I don't want my kids to see me, you know, not going to work because I'm not getting paid enough. You know, like if, if, especially if it's still a lot more than the average person makes that, that's when, that's when I start to get lost in this. I, I thought your answer was going to be, I don't need to get a raise, but I need to have a brand. I need, oh, interesting. I, I need to have a branded BDN hats, shirts, you know, <laughs> workout gear, similar to TV 12. I wouldn't TV say 12. no to any of that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Winky Wednesday, just everywhere. I see all these brands that athletes have and I'm like, dude. Four people bought that stupid hat. Like, what right. are you doing? You, your friends, your mom, I've, and, her friends, and these are the most popular. These these are the most popular athletes in the country. Tom Brady. Right. I've seen one person literally in my life wearing a TB12. I'm sure there's a I've lot more in Boston. Right. But I, I know one guy, and he's a huge, you know, Red Sox Patriots fan, and I've seen him wear a TB12. I've never seen it. Like, what's like? Are you making money on this brand? Like, what's the point of it? Like, it, it's all for ego, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you know, it was not just that, but you're also you're marketing yourself. You know, you're marketing right. you out there, and and yeah, maybe you give a lot of those away. Just so it's it's like pizza, my heart, man. I don't know if anybody out there is too familiar with that, but they sell you a slice of pizza for like four fifty, or a slice of pizza and a t shirt for five bucks, because <laughs> they know that you're going to wear that t shirt, and that's free marketing for them. Wow, I did it's, not know about br- that. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, and and for me, I got like six t shirts. <laughs> Because whatever, I'll go paint the house in it, you know, like whatever. I'll go gardening so what, in it. What you're saying is you would go to work for minimum wage and then there'd be like hundreds of people walking around with BDN shirts. Which is, yeah, yes, perfect. Okay. All right, I see where you're coming from. Minimum wage keeps going up, man. <laughs> uh, so Almost livable. I was going to get to Jesse's question, but we kind of covered it talking about Robert Sala. He said, is it time to move on? Wink says, yes, I, uh, I'm hedging with a maybe and kind of depends who's available and i think there might be a better coach available so i'm kind of leaning yeah. towards yes i guess uh, more than i thought but 
I do want to shout out Jesse because he said he's a San Francisco native who's been in New York for six years and literally just moving to Singapore this week. He'll actually be in the air on his one-way flight to Singapore while we're recording this episode. So shout out to Jesse. And get this, crazy, I went to look at my statistics and my numbers. I wanted to see if there was any other listeners. I've had 31 listens or downloads from Singapore this month on the podcast. So someone else is either listening to all the episodes or there's 31 people already in Singapore (laughs) listening to one episode. But Jesse... You got some friends there. You guys need to get together and, uh, and and hang out and have a listening party for Locked On 49ers or maybe yeah. have a viewing party for the game somewhere, some uh, American sports pub. Oh, there you go. Yeah, hook up on social media, man. That's yeah. what it's all about. So shout out to Jesse. Thanks for the email and shout out to all my listeners across the world and in Singapore. There is a few. Shout out to all my Winky Wednesday supporters out there. Absolutely. And I also got to say, uh, just shout out to all the listeners in general. Looking at my numbers here, uh, I'm coming up on it. I'm coming up on 900,000 downloads this year. Woo! And on that means I'm on pace to get right around a million. So I'm going to have a huge party if I get a million downloads on Locked On 49ers for the year. It's going to be close. I am humbled and appreciative and somewhat surprised about the growth of the podcast. And it's been so much fun watching this thing grow and bringing it to you guys daily. Yeah, just a a shout out to everybody, Singapore, around the world, and of course, right here in San Francisco, all you local California Bay Area fans, I hope none of my listeners are affected by the fires, and uh, just big hugs all around for all the listeners. I'm hoping to get to that million mark, and then we're going to have a huge party before the new year. I think if you have that big party, too, you should also use it to kind of help yourself a little bit, make it like a one millionth episode slash donate diapers party. (laughs) Like Dude. if everybody just brings like a small sleeve of diapers, you'll be good for a while. We just jumped up to the number two size diapers, man. And uh, oh yeah, they get more expensive every time you get up. They're fancier. Yeah, um, the, the threes all of a sudden they're gonna they're gonna cost you like five bucks more, now, and then see, five bucks more. And I'm worried about how much more poop they're gonna have to hold because that's uh, yeah. starting to get yeah. frightening, and it's changing oh, colors. Dude. You don't even know. You don't. You don't even <laughs> know. Wait till they start eating real human food. Oh no. Oh, yeah. You think that smells bad? Woo! Wait for it, buddy. <laughs> I wonder if I've had more downloads or used more diapers this year. <laughs> close. Us combined, we've definitely used more diapers. Very close. <laughs> All right. We're running out of time here. Nick, thanks, as always, for joining me on the show. My pleasure. Wiki Wednesday. Good Wiki Wednesday. Poor Vita. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow with a guest yet to be decided right here on Locked on 49ers. See ya.